Hey, Luke. What's up, bro? What did CM Punk tell Adam Copeland when he tried to fill him up? I don't know. I'm straight edge. This week on Another Digital Citizen, we'll be talking about news from the week, TLC results, the problems with being a liberal pro wrestling fan, Tyler Perry's Boo 2 A Medea Halloween, and Mindhunter Episode 1. This is Another Digital Citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a kind of weird podcast where I'm in the hospital taking a little break and Luke is where he is. Uh, I'm at home, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. One of us has bad sound quality. Guess who that is? One in the hospital or the one that's home? Right, you sound like you're in a cave, like... There's a bear behind you, just hanging out, maybe, in the cave. There is a bear behind me. How did you guess? We discussed this before, but people have a tendency to believe there's a lot of of, uh, polar bears in, in Norway for some freaking strange reason. Uh, I, I've heard that from you. Uh, but I guess other people yes. do. I, I I never really thought that up until I heard it from you, I guess. No. So, what's what's up in the news? <sighs> news this week. Right. Um, well, I guess the thing that happened, pouring down rain here in Oregon because of that atmospheric river I was talking to you about uh, when we were watching mm-hmm. the pay-per-view like a 5,000 mile long storm that went from China all the way to the west coast of the United States. Uh, That's pretty massive. Uh, It rained a lot here. And now, for the last like two or three days, it's been like the nicest, sunniest weather ever. So it's kind of confusing, but that's Oregon for you. Uh, What else do we have in the news? Let's go to Norway. I don't know. Might as well. Yeah, we are in Norway, some of us. Uh, I guess the women have taken the top three governmental spots in Norway. Yes. Of course, your prime minister, uh, who's been there forever, but... Yes. This is from the local.no, our favorite newspaper, because it's uh, uh, from Norway and in English. 
Defense Minister Ine Erik Sørheide was named the country's new foreign minister to replace the male colleague Børge Brende, who is stepping down to take over as the president of the World Economic Forum. Sørheide, 31, is the first woman to become a top diplomat in the NATO member Norway. Uh, she joins uh, Solberg and F uh, finance minister Siv Jensen in holding the three uh, top spots in the right-wing government. We are not uh, the first in the world, but it's a page in Norway's history uh, that is being written, Solberg said at a press conference. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I guess it's not a... It's a bigger deal maybe to us in America than it is to you, uh, because you've had a prime minister. How long has you have you had a female prime minister? A while now, right? Yeah. So, uh, it's interesting, but I find it strange in this article they call uh, the finance minister one of the top three spots, but they put it in quote they put it in quotes like the top three spots. They're like they're not really mm -hmm. sure this is the actual top three spots, but. We're going to call it that for the article. Yeah. Well, well, I, I see it as as uh, pro progress, as, uh, at least. I mean, it's not nothing. Oh, yeah. No. I just find it funny that in the article they had to do that for some reason. It's very strange. It's like, it doesn't yep. really take away a lot, but... Uh, to have to do that in in the article, it's kind of like, why did you have to do that? Why didn't you just write it yeah. regular? Why did you have to put quotation marks around it? But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, big news from Spain. Uh, Catalonia. It's this weekend was just huge with news from what's happening with Catalonia and Spain. Uh, Madrid has decided that. They're, what it sounds like is they're not going to allow them. They're saying that the vote was illegal and that the government of Spain wants to remove all of the leadership of Catalonia and then re uh, have, an, have another election to put in new people completely. Just right. get rid of them and then try to get the get them back on board with uh, not leaving Spain. I guess Article 155 of their constitution allows for direct rule to be imposed in a crisis of any on the country's uh, regions. So mm. uh, this hasn't been used for a really long time since they were under, like, uh, king, uh, still under rule by a king, basically. So this hasn't been used... For a really, really long time, this article that's in their constitution, um, and they're using it against people who want to uh, secede from their government, uh, and we know that they already, you know, when they were trying to vote, they busted heads left and right to keep people from voting, so this whole thing, they're like, wouldn't allow them to vote, busted their heads, uh, sent out police, and then the Catalonian police were fighting against the Spanish police. It was kind of nuts. And now the uh, Spanish government saying, well, if you're not going to be on our side, then we're just going to get rid of everybody in your that's in your part of the government, and we're going to replace them with people who are going to agree with us, which <laughs> that's 
crazy. Yeah, that uh, doesn't sound really good. And it, this is uh, Spain. This isn't like a third world country where it's like a dictator's like, you know, I'm going to get rid of all these people and just put in people who... This is Spain, you know what I mean? This is a yeah major country. If it can happen there, it can pretty much happen anywhere, so... Uh, in uh, Trump uh, news, uh, and actually Trump doing something good for a change, uh, says he will allow uh, the scheduled release of the JFK's files, so people can stop making conspiracy theories around it. I guess this has been... Um, this is supposed to have happened since 19, the 90s. So I think it was 92 right. is what I read is how long it's supposed to have like when they first said, Oh, we're going to release officially release these. And ever since then, every president every year has said when it was supposed to happen, every president has gone and said, no, we're not going to release them. And, uh, right. I guess the only way that they're not going to be released is if, if a president says don't release them. And so Trump isn't saying release them. He's not saying don't release them. Which is kind of confusing, but um, it doesn't mean that they're not going to be like completely redacted with black lines over half pages, and you know what I mean. Uh, I'm sure right. there's still going to be a lot of missing information, so those conspiracy theories will probably still be around. Not only that, anybody who is that deep into it will go, well, "Wouldn't they have just burned anything that was incriminating by now?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's still interesting. It'll be. I guess it's supposed to happen on tomorrow. I think twenty sixth. So. Yeah, yeah, twenty sixth. Yeah, tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, we'll probably cover that next week, especially if there's something interesting in there, like uh, you know the CIA murdered him. Was possible, I yeah. suppose. Oh yeah, it is possible. A lot is possible. What else is in the news? Uh, big news that happened pretty much the night before we did the show last week. FBI uncovers uh, uncovered a Russian bribery scheme uh, right before Obama approved a nuclear deal with uh, Russia. So the Russians were yeah. the Russians were uh, from what I can see. This was from the Hill is where it first came out, and then it was picked up by a lot of other people. And there's been a lot that's come out on this in the last week. So I'm glad we didn't cover it the day of because uh, there's so much more to cover a week later because it's still an ongoing thing. But most of the media is completely blackballing this story. Like you, I didn't. I haven't seen it once on MSNBC or CNN, not a single time. Um, but the, Obama, I guess, was doing a, a nuclear deal for uranium with a um, Russian company. And this company was being lo uh, the lo there was a lobbying firm, American lobbying firm, run by John Podesta, who is Hillary Clinton's campaign manager or was during the last election. Right. Uh, his campaign, uh, he was lobbying for this group, and the group was giving money to a third party, is what it says, an unidentified third party, which. Uh, then was giving the money to the Clinton Foundation. And through that, uh, it seems, because at the time, this is when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, then she approved 
the Uranium One deal right after the money was given to the Clinton Foundation through a third party. That third party, uh, we call that a, a front, you know what I mean? Or that's, that's money laundering because they're making it look like the money's not coming from Russia right to the Clinton Foundation uh, by putting it through another company, you know what I mean? A front, a front group. Uh, so basically what we have here is pay, pay for play. We have bribery. We've got, um, what seems like foreign governments, uh, working against the people of the, of, I mean, the U S working against its own people and, uh, money laundering involving Obama, Hillary Clinton, the Russians, uh, John Podesta's lobbying firm, and this all came out last week, um, and we've gotten much more on it since then. Uh, I guess what happened just yesterday is we find out that the... You remember the uh, dossier that came out on Trump, Fro? Yes. That The PP do- dossier? Yes. Right. Uh, came out last night, late night last night, that the DNC and the Clintons are the people who funded... The pers- the British guy who was researching that, so all uh, all that thing, all of that was research uh, was fun. All that research was funded by uh, the DNC and more more than likely released by them as well after after the fact. But they had all them for all that stuff that was in that dossier uh, during the election. Um, they were doing this research before the primaries were even over on Trump. Uh, yes. Uh, so they, and this is the weird part. They, if they, if there is, there's a whole thing going on in Congress and that involves this dossier and them going over it. If there really is anything bad in it, why didn't it come out in the election when Hillary Clinton was going against Trump? Um, if they had, you know, they had all, uh, the DNC had this information. Um, that's very strange. And then, uh, another thing you got to consider is, they were working through a, a consulting firm. They had hired this guy, this British guy, to dig up dirt on Donald Trump. But that's dealing with a foreign government, uh, somebody from a foreign government who he was former. Uh, what did they say? MI six or whatever. Uh, he they were paying him to get dirt on a presidential campaign. So they were paying a foreign a foreign official to find dirt on a presidential candidate. That's, uh, yeah, this whole thing has gotten totally nuts. And as this all is happening, the Dems, uh, the Democrat, uh, the DNC democratic national committee has purged the entire, uh, well, most of the Bernie supporters or, uh, progressives from the party, uh, right before they went to do this unity, to, uh, commission is what they said. So they kicked everybody right. out who wasn't going to be unified with them, and then they had their unity commission. Hmm. Not only that, they decided the the head of the DNC decided he was going to nominate for the rules committee, which I guess is something they were doing at the unity commission to make up the rules for 2018-2020. One of the people they nominated was Donna Brazil. Donna Brazil being the person who was uh, fired from CNN or resigned from CNN uh, for giving yeah, Hillary it? Clinton uh, questions during the debates. She cheated right. during the debates, and she's on the Rules Commission. 
So Democrats doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. People say we we are too liberal sometimes, and and no, we talk shit about the Democrats as well. Well, this we week it was like... just. I mean, there's no denying that they're. I mean, when you when you're dealing with uh, bribery and money laundering, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these are yeah. serious, serious crimes. Um, I. Uh, they're looking. They're, it's looking like the lobbying firm, the Podestas. Uh, John Podesta's brother, I guess, technically owns it, and it's looking like he's going to get called in and possibly indicted uh, for some type of crimes involving this whole Russian uh, money laundering bribery scheme. So we'll see. It's this is still an ongoing story, but it's huge. This is big, 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 giant stuff. So uh, then we have some space news. I like this. Uh, scientists uh, witness huge cause mystic crash finds the origins of gold. Right. This is uh, super interesting. Crash. Yeah, it is super interesting. <laughs> I've the always... Generated the f- oh, go ahead. Yeah? Sorry. Uh, the crash generated the first burst of gamma rays and gravitational wave. A faint ripple in the fabric of space and time, first theorized by Albert Einstein a century ago. This is so interesting. Right, this is a neutron star, I guess, um, which they saw uh, explode, like supernova or whatever. Uh, And I think the most interesting thing to me is like, I've always found it weird that we find, like, gold so, um, valuable, especially ancient, um, not, maybe not ancient, but, like, more older civilizations that, like, really, what did, um, people during the 1600s, what was their use for gold? You know what I mean? They couldn't eat it. It might look nice, you know what I mean? But that was about it. And they, but they revered it as being super, uh super important so i find it's strange and then they uh nowadays it's you know one of the most valuable things but we use it for things like uh computers and things like that now where they didn't have they didn't have a use for it like that back uh even a hundred years ago and it was still super valuable so um and then i guess i mean i guess this explains why it's so why it's so uh rare which i guess is not really super rare but uh if this is the one this is the place where it's uh formed gold and platinum is what it's saying uh that would explain why it's so rare in other places in the universe as well so right other news Right. Uh, let's see. Where? What do we got here? Um, well, there is an uh, interesting little thing. Uh, since we were just talking about Albert Einstein, I guess uh, he had a handwritten theory that he gave to a guy as a as a tip for like he okay. was at a hotel and he gave this guy a tip uh, because he didn't have any Al- Albert Einstein at the time didn't have any money on him to give this guy a tip, so he wrote him a note. And he told the guy that uh, someday this will be worth more than pocket change. Uh, yeah. So he was already famous at the time, but 
It was a note, uh, and it's called the Theory of Happiness. It just sold for one point five six million dollars. Holy shit! That's a lot of money. And all it says on it is, a calm and modest life brings more happiness than the pursuit of success combined with constant restlessness. Which is very cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, are we going to watch some videos now or what? Sure, let's watch some videos. Hillary Clinton on her book tour, uh, she went over to England uh, and they had an interesting response to her uh, arriving in England. So let's play the first video. Give me a countdown, Fro. Okay. In three, two, one, play. All right, Secret Service. That looks like Uma Abedin right there. Anthony Weiner's wife. And there's Hillary. They boo her. And they are booing her. Yeah, those are some, a lot of boos. A lot of people demonstrating against her. Uh, or at least there's just a lot of people there. They're like surrounding the entranceway for sure. But a lot of them that were definitely booing. And again, this is not in America. This is in Wales at Swan Swansea University. So even people in England, not a fan of Hillary Clinton. Uh, and okay. then when she got inside, there was more crowds inside. And this lady uh, was inside. So let's go to the next video. It's at 45 seconds from. Okay, are you ready? Yep. In three, two, one, play. Well, it's kind of a shaky, obviously, cell phone. There's Hillary. Okay, guys, thank you. Benny, what a one. Only you could lose to Trump. <laughs> Only you could lose to Trump. Uh, I know she likes those jackets, but I do not. I think she looks terrible in those jackets, Hillary. <laughs> she always wears this, like, mm, what's a good word for those jackets? They, it kind of looks like a Chinese kind of jacket with the collar and everything. Like, you would... Like almost like a gold version of a jacket that Bruce Lee would wear. It just doesn't right. look right to me. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay, since I don't have the run sheet in front of me, you have to help me to move on. Right, Tron. Uh, Tron tells the truth. Coming up, uh, he's going to talk about being an idealist. This is Tron with Tron tells the truth. Did you know it is an escape route? Yes, it is an escape route if you want away from Trump's America. Yes, it is. If your grandfather was born in Ireland, you can get an Irish passport. Means that you can get to Europe or the European Union, work and live there. You can also check if there are any other European countries where you have relatives or your family background from, so you also can get a passport or citizenship and then travel wherever you want in Europe. Why I'm telling you this? Well, I'm telling you this because I know you young Americans, millennials, are not up for the task in America. You're not going to vote if you don't find a perfect candidate to fall in love with. So you're going to live in a bullshit mess. 
So this message go to the liberals who voted and progressive who didn't do something during elections and still must be frustrated by fucking luxury liberals who don't want to do anything. You think it like not voting is okay or multiple bullshit like Jill Stein. You can run to Europe. Well, I don't think you're going to do that because you can always run to Canada and you haven't done that either. So something I wanted to know, how much of Kisses are you? Do you really like to be treated the way you do? Do you really think things going to change? It's a saying called Republicans fall in line, Democrats fall in love. Um, politics is very easy. I've done this for over 20 years. It's nothing to do but love. It's not your marriage. It's not your girlfriend. It's not your best friend. It's not good memories. It's hard work. And sometimes you have to do shit that you don't like. It's always like luxury. Because they think they can choose away the bullshit. But you can never do that. It's like another group that I don't like called pacifists. It's always nice to be a pacifist. To say that we're not going to intervene and use the military in any occasion whatsoever. I think the one million people who died in Rwanda doesn't both think that was a very good idea. I don't think those uh, 7,000 was slaughtered in Srebrenica, I think it either. But, of course, there's always another way to do things. And that that is a belief for people who never have to take the consequences for anything. Well, some of you are doing it fine in the United States now. You can see still they think they're complaining and think there's a third choice or you can always have the best moral opportunity ever. But not gonna find not gonna happen. One candidate who's gonna win next election and you have to vote for is Joe Biden. Yes, Joe Biden is not the perfect candidate. He's not at all. But you know what? But all the mess and shit you've been doing around the world and in your own country now, maybe you should think about another thing. Maybe it should be more small steps to a better world. Because you cannot take a gigantic leap. But young people and idolists all over the world, especially in the United States, haven't learned that yet. You know, in Austria now, I want a young conservative. In Czechia now, a young conservative. This is strange thinking that there are a lot of liberals and progressive powers everywhere. But they don't vote, they don't do any shit, and they sit there with the head up their assholes. Well, I can say one thing. If you believe in all that shit of not voting or Joel Stein or that bullshit, never come to Europe. We don't want you here. This was Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. Have a fucking nice day. That was uh, Tron telling the truth. Cool. Uh, have you seen anything on TV this week? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, actually, I got some TV news, some kind of interesting TV news that I saw uh, out of England. Remember that show Hunted we did, Fro? The American yes. TV show Hunted that was based off of a British TV yes. show? Well, I guess they have... Uh, a version of it running right now that's celebrity hunted that's uh Ooh. that's happening right now in the UK and if you remember how that show worked it's basically shows you um all the ways the government is spying on you and i guess yeah. in this re- most recent episode this week 
celebrities Jamie Lang and Spencer Matthews from Ma- Made in Chelsea. They, uh, the hunters found out that they had that Jamie had an Alexa, and they hacked his Alexa and found out all the things he had been looking up with Alexa before he went uh, on the run. Uh, basically, showing you they showed you that Amazon's Alexa and Echo and on these other things, uh, they can be hacked by experts uh, to to you know to basically be listening into what you're doing, which right. uh, a lot of people were freaked out by that online. Thought that was an interesting story. Okay, because a lot of people still believe like, oh, just because I have a speaker in my house doesn't mean anybody's listening to me come on now come on now um uh i saw a show called the jellies which is a new show on adult swim it's not really a fan it's like a you know an adult swim you know 15 minute show so it's not super long it was all right but it felt like it was trying to be bojack horseman a little bit uh where it was like some of the people in the show were actual people some of them were animals, different kind of animals. Uh, like, the mother and father are jellyfish, but the son is a human, and they never explain it, really. Um, it's kind of funny, but uh, it maybe is stealing a little too much from BoJack. And the last thing right. I saw on YouTube, uh, on Red Cow Entertainment, a uh, Halloween special of Box Mac, which was amazing. <laughs> uh <coughs> They did Mac-stery, Mac-stery Science Theater 3000. It was a uh, Mystery Science Theater uh, episode of uh, Box Mac, where they did do they made a, a Mac in the middle of the show, but a lot of it was just them. They did the whole sequence. They did all their own like sets of uh, Mystery Science Theater style sets, and then um, instead of a movie, they did like infomercials and news stories and YouTube videos uh, that were all about mac and cheese. And then they they all, they all sat and made fun of them. And it's very good. I, I suggest you check it out, Fro, even though you don't like box mac. This one you may like because it's Mystery Science Theater, and I know you like that. So. That, that, that sounds funny. Yeah, it was very – it was really, really well done as well, so. Yeah. Yes. And that's all I saw this uh, week. You have maybe seen another episode of uh, uh, Mr. Robot. Oh, yeah. I was happy. I like this you... episode. What do you think? Yeah, me too. Uh, it's going in the right direction. I was a little worried for the first episode. But right. now it... it's going in the right direction again. I wondered if we were supposed to already know what the swerve is supposed to be. Because it's mm-hmm. clear to me what the swerve is going to be at this point, but then it made me mm-hmm. think maybe them telling me what the swerve is going to be is going to be the swerve. It's the swerve, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We we will see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, I've seen the normal uh, things: uh, Survivor, everything, the voice. Uh, yeah, we haven't talked a lot about Survivor. What do you think about Survive this year, this year's Survivor so far? I like it. I like it a lot, actually. The one thing I'm kind of a little wary about is how many advantages there are. 
It's like every single yeah. episode, there's like three advantages. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. But... Yeah. It might just be this beginning it's... part, so. We will see. Yeah, it's probably going to be tougher at the at the, uh, uh, ending. Yeah, uh, I was thinking uh, of you. I, I was watching some some old shows as well. Uh, I was uh, watching uh, uh, not that seventy show, but something else. I don't remember it right now. My head is a little distracted. Sorry. Uh, let's move on. What's the next thing we're going to do? Well, let's plug email address, uh, another digital citizen at gmail.com. Go email if you want to email. Um, that's another digital citizen, like the title of the show, at gmail.com. We don't have any emails. We also have a Facebook page. Go check out the Facebook page and post some stuff on there. About, yeah, but talking about emailers, we have to wish Jeremy a happy birthday today. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. It is his birthday today, so. Really? Uh, I did not get... Oh, well, I saw it on our Facebook page, but for some reason, Facebook did not notify me today of anything. Mm. I don't know what's going on there, but also on Facebook, for some reason, I can't share anything on our ADC Facebook page. I don't know what's going on there. It's confusing to me. Mm. Yeah, very strange. Um... Let's do TLC results now and do all the wrestling at once. All right, let's do TLC results, and then we'll go into the main topic. It doesn't make sense for me to, in my head to do TLC after we do the main topic, so let's do that. Does that make uh, sense, bro? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Because uh, if we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about in the main topic, talking about wrestling after that would just be strange in my mind. Yep. Yep. All right, so... Pre-show match, uh, Sasha Banks defeated Alicia Fox. Um, okay. Yep. Uh, I, I believe me and Tilly got a point there, and Fro did not. Uh, Asuka defeated Emma. We all, or, yeah, we all got a point there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan defeated... Jack Gallagher and Brian Kendrick. Uh, Fro got a point there. Uh, Alexa Bliss right. defeated Mickey James for the Women's Championship. Um, Fro got a point there. And, yes. Oh, and I got a point there. Yeah. Uh, Tilly did not. Uh, Enzo defeated Kalisto, and Fro got a point there, and I did not. And I believe Tilly didn't either. Uh, Finn Balor defeated AJ Styles. Uh, which this match we got rid we of, right? Yeah, because this this whole thing got screwed up in when as far as our betting goes, because mm -hmm. uh, because AJ Styles so replaced yeah. Bray Wyatt, right? So yeah, <laughs> we just scratched this completely. Um, it was a pretty yeah. good match. I heard like the day of people were like, "Oh, match of the year, match of the year." I didn't think it was match of the year or anything. No, no, uh, but it was a good match. Yeah, I mean, there was just a few other matches. I mean, even the WWE over the year, I can think of a few other matches, like some Kevin Owens matches and some other AJ Styles matches that were better than this, but oh, yeah. just didn't have any build, I th think was the problem. Like, it didn't have... Yeah. it, And then they tried... It kind of pissed me off that they did, did the whole... 
Bullet Club thing right at the end. Um, only because they've just sued all these people for doing the too sweet gesture. They've sent out wow. cease and desists, and then they do it uh, on their show. Uh, it's just kind of being a jerk, you know what I mean? In a way. Um, Jason Jordan defeated Elias, which of course we didn't put down because it got added during the show, but uh, vegetables were thrown at people and mm-hmm. no tomatoes, which I was confused by. They should have just bought tomatoes and had them throw tomatoes at him, but uh, I think the first thing he threw him was like kale or maybe some type of parsley, which is not even... You don't throw parsley at a band uh, when they... <laughs> uh, Kurt Angle, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins defeated The Miz, Cesaro, Sheamus, Strowman, and Kane. Uh, and this match was okay. I believe... Yeah. We all got a point there, right? Yes. Yes. So, overall, Fro won by one. Yay. And I will decide uh, next week if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. You only got one wrong, though. I mean, uh, not... Well, of course, we didn't include the the one match where you picked Wyatt. So who knows what yeah. where that would have been, but the only one you got wrong was the pre-show. So um, you did really well. You did really well on that. So yeah, next week we'll yeah. figure out what you want to do, uh, unless you think yeah. of something while we're doing the show, and then just let us know. Yeah. But now that we got that out of the way, let's do our main topic. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the problems with being a liberal wrestling fan. <laughs> Uh, let us define what is a liberal wrestling fan, maybe. Well, I mean, a liberal, uh, liberal politically, a person who's liberal yes. politically, uh, yes. is what we're talking about. And then a pro wrestling fan, um, a fan of pro wrestling, somebody who enjoys pro wrestling, which generally are thought of, um, at least in America, it's always been, oh, people think wrestling, they think, uh, redneck Republican who lives in a trailer park. That's what they think of wrestling, which is not at this point in our society is not actually true, but it's still the way people think of it in their heads. It's a little like I, I think about, uh, where, when they drive around in a circle, NASCAR, NASCAR. Yes. As a hillbilly sport. Which it kind of is as well. <laughs> Which I don't know where we're gonna, where the disconnect is there, but NASCAR is actually probably more still a southern staple than anywhere else. Right. Uh, more than wrestling, I guess. We're, yeah, where WWE, uh, to be fair with them, goes around in all of America. Right. Uh, they're. I would even, but I would say they're like an East Coast company. Uh, WWE specifically, um, the thing that people think of it as Southern is from the seventies when there were a lot of wrestling territories and a lot of them were in the South and there was a lot of Southern wrestling. And then maybe WWE, WWF was more like Northern wrestling. So there back then it was more subdivided. Whereas now WWE, basically when you think of 
pro wrestling, that's what everybody thinks of. So I guess it depends on what right. era you came from. But that whole stigma from the 70s is still around to this day. It's kind of inescapable. Uh, at least that's the way people just see it. Like, uh, in America, at least, if you go, if you're like, just meet somebody and then you get to know them and then you'd say, oh, by the way, I like pro wrestling. They'll be like, what? This, you like wrestling? That's silly. People just think it's silly. Right. And people think it's fake. I mean, that's all, what we all hear all the fucking time. It's fake, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. Right. Which, that it doesn't really mean anything when somebody says it's fake because it's wrestling. Uh, what does fake actually mean? Like, what do you yeah. mean it's fake? Uh, yeah. Uh, they don't get hurt. Yes, they do. <laughs> right. It's athletic... It, yeah, it's it's not fake. That's not really. But this isn't even really what we're talking about. What we are talking about is the contrast uh, between WWE, I guess, really is what we're talking about, and the fact that they're, they're very Republican centric, very right right wing in their politics, yeah. and the way storylines and things are portrayed on there uh, is very right wing. Uh, but we still like it anyways. So yeah, we do. I guess the best place to start here, and very mo most obvious place to start, um, Linda McMahon, who oh, yes, the Republican, right? Whose husband owns WWE, Vince McMahon. She is of course part of the Trump administration. She is the administer yes. administrator of the small administrator of the Small Business Administration. That's yes. Uh, and she would. She ran for Senate at one point. She was trying to be a senator. She lost, and she got this. Just Trump gave it to her because probably like I think Fro said at the time uh, they probably donated enough money, and she got this cabinet position uh, on Trump's cabinet. So they they are Trump Republicans. Trump was on the show. That I mean, everybody has seen online the pictures of Trump at WrestleMania. Yes. And as far as right-wing politics, at least right now, go, uh, there's nobody above Trump, obviously. Obviously not, no. But that, that's, that's one of the things that we struggle with as wrestling fans uh, like you and me, because we, we are not Republican, either of us. And I, I, I think the Republican idea comes to true in so many ways at the WWE and 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 then we see who's controlling it and we see the root of it and we see the reason for it right uh, and I it mean... is the McMahons the, the McMahons are incredibly uh, Republican to the core yeah, very right wing. I mean, it obviously starts with um, Vince McMahon, but if we go to Stephanie McMahon, uh, she's extremely Republican. In scare, uh, we'll go back to 2015. There's a tweet from 2015 from Ste Stephanie McMahon's Twitter. Let's see, March 28, 2015, uh, and she tweeted this: "Philanthropy is the future of marketing." It's the way brands are going to win. Uh, 
uh, and she's quoting somebody, uh, Biz Stone, at Biz Stone, uh, I guess co-founder of Twitter, uh, basically saying, uh, philanthropy is the future of marketing, is saying, uh, the way to market your products is to act like you're doing good for your community and mm. using it as marketing. So, uh, bring in cancer kids and, you know, make Connor's cure, which is a thing they do on WWE, but use that as a marketing strategy to make your company look good, yeah. which is, that is dirty. Exactly what I do. Yeah. But it's dirty pool. You know what I mean? It's, oh, yeah. uh, you're using people with cancer for your own benefit, uh, which is, I'm not really sure there's anything more, uh, what's a word for it? Slimy? Then using a cancer patient to um, benefit you and for monetary reasons? Is there anything slimier than that, really? No, no, no. I don't. I don't. I. I. I think it's so slimy. We. 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 We've seen it especially this month with the. Uh, Cure for Cancer commercials they have right. had on Raw and, and SmackDown, uh, where they corroborate with one of the worst companies against cancer in the world. See, uh, Susan Susan K. Fieldman, is that her word? Is that uh, her Col- the Coleman Foundation? I don't remember exactly what yeah, it is. Coleman. Susan yeah. J. Coleman? Susan K. Coleman. Something. One or the other. Yeah. And uh, you told me the leader of that sits and have a twenty million dollar. Oh, I'd have to look up the exact uh, figure, but it's it, it's like hun- it's in the upper hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, that the CEO of the Komen Foundation makes, which probably could be going to people with cancer, at least part of it. Uh, I, I mean, g- there are a lot of these large uh, corporate. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Charity groups are not there just to help the people uh, they say they're there to help. They're there to make money as well. It's a business to them. They're in right. the business of charity. And right. the business of charity is like that, again, it's just slimy. It's just slimy. I mean, on this tweet, the one I was talking about, uh, Wade Keller responded the same day, uh, Wow, that's not that's really not something to say outside of a small private conversation with corporate types. Hashtag tone deaf. That's what he said to yeah Stephanie McMahon. Uh, so they don't even the McMahons don't even see the they don't even see this as like being slimy at all. They see it as oh, this is the way business is done nowadays. Uh, which is yeah. you see that now in the way business is done a lot in. America all over the place and it's the way people it's kind of how people uh liberal don't liberals don't understand the way some conservatives see uh business and the United States and the way things are run right now as far as especially right. the how did Trump become president uh well liberals don't see that using cancer kids for monetary gain is uh it's wrong. It's wrong. Conservatives don't see that it's right. wrong. So uh, they view 
that moral landscape differently than we do. And so you're never going to yeah. be able to come to common ground on that. Uh, and that's definitely a problem there. Um, let's see. I guess that's, you have anything else for the McMahons really? I mean, no, 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 we've gone through it. It's pretty obvious what we mean about it. I guess a good way, good place to go from there is like the nepotism in WWE. Uh, the whole idea of Stephanie and Shane, I mean, uh, Shane, I guess Shane's a good example. Shane coming in and being better than almost, uh, in kayfabe, being a better wrestler than most of the guys on SmackDown when he goes against The Undertaker and Kevin Owens and these things, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. To make, making himself look good, uh... That's nepotism on like own, own brand, yeah. Right, it's it, it. He's making they're making the McMahons look good over, even over, uh, making their own stars look good. Uh, that's mm -hmm. ex that's the extreme nepotism that's in the WWE. Not only that, um, of course, nepotism. Let's see, I'll look it up so people. Uh, the practice among those with power or influence to favor relatives or friends especially by giving them jobs. And this is, mm -hmm. I mean, this is even clear with Roman Reigns. In my mind, it's totally clear that Roman Reigns is a family. He was, he's from a wrestling family. You know what I mean? It's one of right. the reasons they want him to be, be the guy is because he has that lineage and he's related to the rock and he's related to, uh, other, um, Samoan wrestlers from history. And they, and they see this fam, these family ties as important to business uh, in a way, I mean, but that's uh, one of uh, one of the reasons why they push him is definitely that. I mean, they they took away a lot of money and put it on Roman Reigns because they see uh, a product in him, and Roman Reigns have willingly let himself be a part of that product. But so has John Cena in a, in a way, and you you could see that really clearly in the, in the product. Right, but I wouldn't say there was any nepotism towards John Cena. It's not like his family was in... I mean, his dad was a wrestler, but not in WWE or anything like that. No, I would say, no, as no. far as nepotism, uh, the best examples I can think of are... Well, Roman Reigns, clearly. Shane McMahon. Uh, Wa uh, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel would not have jobs if their parents had not worked for WWE for years. Uh, right. Those two guys are not skilled enough as far as just technical wrestling and promo ability and other things to have ever gotten a job there just uh, through like the indie circuit without having any connections with their families. Um, Us the Usos, obviously, uh, Tamina. I mean, there's uh, Charlotte Flair. You can go on. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's well, very clear there's nepotism going on in the WWE at a very extreme level, like to the point where if they were going to hire one guy who's maybe the best wrestler on the indies ever, but then some guy's son wants a job, they're going to hire the guy's son over the guy who has been working 20 years to, you know, make his craft perfect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, you, you see that with Charlotte. Of course you do. Thankfully, Charlotte is a good wrestler as well. 
But, right, she uh, kind of lucked yeah. out. But would she have ever even gotten the chance to become a good wrestler? No, uh, not, not, if not. if it wasn't for yeah, exactly. Her dad? No, definitely not. She would have never been given the uh, chance to no, uh, no, no. improve it, herself it in out. in yeah, uh, no. NXT and things like that, where she was able to nope. build her character and build her wrestling ability and all those all those other things. Where somebody mm-hmm. like Paige, who came in, she. She was put on, uh, put at the top to a degree, but she was never, um, she was never just like instantly put at this level that Charlotte's at, where they're like, oh, we want her to be the woman's fifteen-time champion to like be with her dad. Uh, they, right. they see that. They see that whole uh, thing of lineage as a something that people are gonna look. Oh, he, he's a. He's related to this guy. Think about the Jason Jordan Kurt Kurt Angle thing. Yeah, yeah. There, it's fake, and they still want to make it like, oh, he's important because he's Kurt Angle's son. Uh, right. They see that for some reason. In my mind, that all is like it's this Stone Age mentality of of um, a king, no, a king uh, being born a king, and not you know what I mean, having to earn like that kind of thing. Earn, earn it, yeah. No, it's horseshit. It's, it is uh, outlaid horseshit. Okay, what do we want to go to next? Um, I guess we'll go to racism. It's a pretty good one to go from there because I can start. Uh... <laughs> are you saying that WWE are racist? I mean, there's racist things that happen in WWE. I, I mean, you can't really say that... It, um, a company is racist, but there, are, there is a history of racist things happening in the WWE. Can you think of any examples off the top of your head for us? I, I can. I can think of uh, a SmackDown one where the uh, guy called Ginger Mahal and uh, uh, his opponent uh, was Nakamura. Right. Nakamura. Since uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, we don't have to go that far back, to be honest with you. And that's that's sad. It's sad that we, we can think about it. Oh, three weeks ago, it, they were racist. Right. It was something, yeah, like I was going to say like a month ago. Uh, he, di- he did like me no likey kind of like voice and like uh, set, made jokes about Nakamura being uh, the, uh, what, the guy from Karate Kid uh, and all these things like just because he's uh, from Japan, which that's racist. <laughs> let's, let's not like we gotta call call it what it is. Uh, where they went, oh, he's just a character. You wouldn't get mad at a TV show character for being racist. But wrestling's different. The characters are larger than uh, life. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Oh, this is the TV show character, and you can see the other person. Uh, certain wrestling characters, I mean John Cena, he's oh, I, he's he's John Cena example. outside of the WWE, and yeah. he's John Cena inside the WWE. And I bet yeah. you anything, there's a third John Cena when he goes home, and it's just him and Nikki Bella that we never get to see. That is, yeah. that says things. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, that we would never expect somebody uh, him as like the clean, uh, white meat baby face to ever say. So, um. Uh, what's some other examples? Can you think? I guess one example that I from a while ago. Remember, 
the whole controversy with Mark Henry when mm-hmm. uh, a guy in the back said he was more of an N-word than Mark Henry was. Right. And Mark Henry quit and actually came back to the company after that because mm-hmm. they have such a monopoly that they can be racist to somebody uh, and then the person will wants, will, will um, still work for them. Because there's only really mm-hmm. one place to make the money that you can make in WWE, especially for a guy like Mark Henry, uh, where he's, right. he's not going to go to New Japan. You know what I mean? So, no. uh, And that's still not the money you'd be, be making. But at the time, he quit because of the racism and then rejoined, which also happened with Alberto Del Rio, if yep. you remember that. He quit yep. because of racism uh, against yep. him from management and in interviews I've even seen him say uh, that yes it was uh, just a, a normal like a lower level manager but that those kind of things are acceptable t- to these lower level guys because they hear people in upper management do it and they know they're not going to get in trouble for yeah. it <laughs> yeah that's the trouble with it like and, and they don't worry about it because they see there's uh, open policy on racism. And what I mean about that, it's allowed to be flourished. It's allowed to happen because uh, the McMahons don't care. Like the, even JBL or things like that has she said racist things on commentating table when for example doing a match i remember he did uh, this uh, feud against one of his last feuds jbl uh with uh, ray mysterio do you remember right. that yeah i remember the feud yeah but i don't i i, I he definitely uh, he had a, a feud with eddie before he died eddie uh and they, they there was a lot of racist stuff in there as well yeah and that's with storyline. Yeah. I mean, before I was talking about stuff that's not storyline, back backstage stuff yeah. where that stuff was storyline. Um, and it's, you know, but it's, the storyline is coming from the, the same people who are doing the stuff in the back. Another example of storyline stuff, I guess, from many years ago, but uh, still is the, probably the most prevalent and obvious racism uh, in a storyline was the Mexicals, who were three Hispanic guys who came on, came out on Juan Deere, uh, lawnmower, uh, riding lawnmowers, which is incredibly racist. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's a mile of racism. Uh, like it's not mild racism, uh, at all. It's, it's pretty blatant. That's pretty, pretty, pretty obvious. And that's why we hate it. As much as we do. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess, uh, I mean, one that kind of goes with racism, that, but isn't really uh, racism. I mean, xenophobia and nationalism, which a lot of people confuse with racism, but you're not really being racist against Russians. You're being xenophobic if you're saying all Russians are trying to uh, hack everything. That's being xenophobic. Uh, whereas, uh, you're, cause you're not pointing out a specific race, uh, when you're saying all Russians are bad. Um, 
But yeah, like they treat Rusev. Like Rusev is a heel because he's Russian. Or right. Bulgarian. Well, exactly. Or the whole the whole thing he he's like, I'm Bulgarian, but we're gonna pretend he's Russian because Russia's evil right now to people. So we'll take the Bulgarian guy and pretend that he's Russian. Uh because those countries are the same. You know what I mean? Like that's that, that's not that true, is, uh, clearly. It's far out. It's so far out. Okay, what other uh, things do we have? Well, I mean, xenophobia, obviously. Uh, other Like, the foreign yeah. heel, I guess, is what you're talking about. I mean, that goes with gender as well. Um, oh, yeah. He's from India, so he's evil. Uh, even Kevin Owens. Oh, he's from Canada, so he's a, so he's a bad guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. Uh... The whole idea of the Canadian bad guy that has been around since the 80s is this one of the silliest ones, when you think about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything I mean, that's not American is evil. Right. Yeah. Uh, another one. One that I had is, <laughs> as far as wrestlers go, if they're from a certain country... WWE will make sure in their move set they do certain moves. Even if they're not good at those moves, like uh like Roman Reigns doing a terrible Samoan drop where he only ever grabs the guy with one arm and never holds the guy's head <laughs> to make sure he doesn't break his neck. But he's Samoan, so he has to do a Samoan drop even though he's terrible uh. at it. As well as uh, one of the Usos. One of the Usos does an alright Samoan drop. The other one is awful at it. and um, this, But they still have to do it. Because they're Samoan. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, if you look at Fit Finley. And then and you look at his moveset. And then you look at Sheamus. Yeah. They have a lot of the same moves. And it's because they're Irish. You know what I mean? Oh, Irish people, This is these are the moves they do. You know what I mean? It's, it's that mentality. Yeah, it's, it's an Irish whip. <laughs> Always an Irish whip. Right. If you go back and look yeah. at a lot of the moves that Finley did, uh, he does them. It's just the way they see things is like, oh, people from this country, do they, they always do these things, uh, which is definitely a xenophobic way of thinking. Definitely. And then I guess the last thing... Sexism, which I is a little less prevalent now because of the women's division has gotten more than it more attention in recent years. But um, can you think of any sexism examples in WWE? Well, you have a thing called Total Divas that helps them keep up the sexism. Right, I was thinking. I mean, like. Uh, the one thing that really comes to my mind is every Mickey James storyline. This yep. one more, more she's old, so she's she and she's so she's no longer uh pretty or whatever that you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what the whole storyline was her against uh Bliss. And then if you go back to yeah. the old the storyline before she left, the Piggy James storyline, do you remember oh, that? I Where hated that. She put on maybe like four pounds, and everybody and they yeah. just called her fat and made fun of her, and they had like a pig, uh, pig sty match and all these things. Um, that's very yeah, clear that sexism. Horrible. And now people nowadays want to say, "Oh, well, we have this women's revolution," which I put in quotes, and these women are really getting a chance, and that's true. 
But let's go back right. to the tweet from Stephanie McMahon uh, about philanthropy being the future of marketing. That's really what the women's revolution is. They're doing this as philanthropy. Uh, they don't really, as a corporation, they don't really believe in women's rights to do, you know what I mean? Because they're Republicans. But because it looks good in PR in this day and age, that's why they're doing it. Uh, right. People, which people get totally tricked into being like, oh, they're so great to women. It's so amazing. But really, it's all a marketing scheme. And that's the way you got to look at it. So. Yeah, I was going to say it's almost a pyramid scheme, but that's something completely else. No, that's not it. I mean, it's just, like I said, that whole thing is slimy. It's just like using a cancer kid. Uh, using people's emotions who are feminists and really believe in feminist ideals to get them to watch wrestling and pay for shirts and be like, go buy a Becky Lynch shirt, you know what I mean, or whatever they're using yeah. people's emotions to get them to buy things. And I just see that as slimy. That's my own personal yeah. opinion. It's like a con artist. It's being a con artist, which that is part of wrestling is conning people. That is part of wrestling. Cause it's fake fighting. You're trying to con them into believing it's real. So, uh, th there is that, but this is a whole nother le level of con artist, con artistry, I guess. Yeah. Because uh, it's mean. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's using people's base emotions to try to get them to spend money, and um, I I just see it as slimy. I don't know. What do you, you have anything to end that no, on, I really? I totally, I totally agree with you. I guess the last thing we really need to go to is, why do we still watch this? If there's so much terrible, <laughs> why do we still watch because, WWE? Because... Uh, there's something called Fashion Files on Wednesday. <laughs> right on. Oh, yeah, Wednesday for you, Tuesday for me. But yeah, um, Fashion Files is pretty amazing. And this last one was really amazing. But I mean, that's few and far between. That's like one 10 minute segment of whatever, seven to eight most, hours we most, watch every most week. Of it, yeah, most of it is okay. Like, they. they uh, I, I would say maybe 80% is okay. Then they have those 20% that bugs the fuck out of me. But those 20% doesn't <laughs> kill the rest of the 80%, I guess. And that's why it doesn't kill your viewing of it. Yeah. Like you. Yeah. I mean, there are certain times that I, I've felt, uh, felt, um, Felt offended enough, I guess, is a way to put it. But it's not really offended. It's like felt fed up enough with some of the things they've done to stop watching it. Um, when they were using dead Eddie Guerrero as storyline um, with Rey Mysterio Jr. Right after he died, they're using Eddie's widow and um, Rey Mysterio as like a storyline thing. That I stopped watching for a while after that. Um, so there right. have been times, but I've been watching wrestling since I was, whatever, nine or ten years old, maybe younger, and it's just part of uh, how I grew up, I guess. It's part. It's in. It's ingrained in me to just want to go and watch wrestling at least once a week. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's why I continue watching it, and 
when I was younger, I didn't see any of those things as being uh-huh. racist or xenophobic or sexist or any of that stuff. And it was because uh, that was the 80s and the early 90s where it was a different time. Uh, it was a different culture. We didn't see a lot of those things. in Like, you watch sitcoms from the 90s, you're going to see sexist stuff. You're going to see things we would consider now to be racist that were just jokes back then. So right. it's hard to, like... It's hard to rationalize to people in, in this day and age and say, oh, well, I can overlook that because uh, it's just been part of my life. It's just been part of who I am. But it's really uh, it's hard on a personal level for me sometimes to go, well, I, I still really enjoy watching it, but I also don't want to necessarily support it as much as maybe I used to. You know what I mean? So, Right. Uh, let's move on. Have you seen the movie this week? I did. Uh, I saw Wheelman, uh, which was Wheelman. a okay. Netflix movie. Uh, it's about uh, <laughs> it's about a you know uh, a driver, uh, you know who works for the mob. Um, so he, you know, uh, is there to to drive the car after a bank robbery, and then things go wrong. And uh, his family gets involved, and um, it's a very, very good movie. I, it's got probably in my top five right now uh, wow. of the year. Uh, this movie is amazing in a way that it is simple and yet really, really effective. It doesn't need to have Michael Bay giant special effects. It doesn't need to have outrageous plot twist storylines happening. It's simple. It's um, really well shot, very interesting, and um, it doesn't it it doesn't need anything extra because it's well done. The storyline is simple but effective, and uh, the acting was good. It's just all in all good. I'd say go check it out, Wheelman. So yeah, wow. what about you, Fro? I am definitely going to check that out. Uh, I watched Atomic Blonde one more time this week uh, because uh, I wanted to, uh, and uh, it's still one of my favorite movies of this year. Oh, right on. I'm going to have to check that out. I need to do some catch-up on movies of 2017, so. Hi, this is Itch from the King Blues, and you're listening to Another Digital Citizen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, Thursday, the day after Wednesday. Uh, as you hear at the end of the podcast, I was so shit tired that I didn't remember what we were even talking about. Uh, so sorry for listeners that uh, were a little confused about the ending last night. Uh, I was extremely tired and Luke were a little well, confused what we were talking about. They don't know that it was an ending. This is just going right into... Their, that. N- there was no time lost for them. <laughs> so, yeah. Hi, Tilly. Hey, Fro. Hey, Luke. Hey, everybody. Apologies Hello. for not being here earlier. Stroke yesterday. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> earlier as in 24 <laughs> hours ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or to the listener, like, a few seconds ago. Yes. Ping! Uh, magic, I'm here. Ping! Ping! Magic, you're here. Uh... So me and Luke discussed uh, how it is to be a liberal and a wrestling fan yesterday. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that? Well, I, I was actually talking to Dick about this because being British and there being a very American stereotype, 
I think a lot mm-hmm. of the negatives for wrestling, we see it, we know it, but it doesn't bother us that much because it just goes under the blanket of general American ignorance, if you know what I mean. Really? Okay. Which is, I know it's, it's bad on our part sort of thing, but when people are like, oh, but it's all, you know, God save America and all that, it's like, well, yeah, but so's Honey Boo Boo. Right. <laughs> Yeah. If you know what I mean. I think we kind of also look at it, at, at it as like, uh, that's just wrestling. Where you see it as, oh, that's just American. We Oh, that's just part of wrestling. Those racist things. Yeah, but things wrestling and... is very American. True. As well, especially from our perspective, because there's not, there's like a couple of British wrestling companies. They're not massive. They don't sell out stadiums and stuff. <sighs> it's only when WWE comes over that you get thousands of fans in one place. Right. I mean, it's the origins more... of pro wrestling really do come from America, so yeah. Yeah. And it's just uh, sort of a part of the wrestling... We see it as part of the wrestling culture kind of thing. Very America! <coughs> and wrestling! And other stereotypes. But we just we just roll with it. And try not to get too annoyed. Some things are a bit, you know, over the top, but you just take the mickey out of it. I guess yesterday we didn't really talk about the USA chance at all yesterday when we were talking about it. Um, Which that is super xenophobic, obviously, especially when they're chanting it at uh, somebody from another country for whatever reason. Even even if it's not a storyline where it's like USA versus Rusev or something, you know what I mean? One of those storylines, you still get USA chance just because. It's a Hispanic guy or something like that. You know what I mean? That is, it's a little off-putting as a, even as an as an American. Uh, oh, and then in, wait, some... in the racism yeah. section, we never mentioned Hulk Hogan somehow. I don't know how we missed that. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the whole Gawker That's... trial with Hulk Hogan. I mean, he's he he said, "Oh, I was uh, I was the younger brother, and I didn't know. I, I was just saying things in private." It's like, well, yeah, you were saying things in private that you say in private. Those, if those are the things you say in private, right? So, yeah. Yeah. But I have a question for Taylor. As a woman, how sexist do you think WWE is now compared to just a few years ago with a, a going from the Divas title to the women's title? It's definitely, definitely improving. I mean, one of my friends wrote her, um, I can't remember what, educational level she was going for but I know she was at university and she did some kind of thesis on um, what it's like to be a woman in the WWE and how things have started to change because Mm. yeah it the whole divas thing I'm still annoyed that total divas is still called total divas and is coming back as total divas but yeah yeah, they've they've improved it they seem to have I don't know if they've had enough complaints to have to have changed it or if oh maybe. no! We talked about this earlier uh, yesterday. Uh, it really comes down to that whole tweet from Stephanie McMahon, where she's talking about philanthropy is the new marketing, uh, and there is a large. Um, it's very popular to be a feminist right now. It is yeah. the hot new trend or whatever, and there's nothing wrong. I, I would say I'm fairly feminist as far as a man goes, uh, but uh, it's the hot thing right now and. They've jumped on the bandwagon where they are using that uh, as marketing to be like, oh, come see our product because we support women. When really, 
They only support women in that way because it's good for their PR. That's the way I yeah. see it. But. but then maybe through that they'll realize that, hey, we're now not alienating 50% of our audience. Well, Vince McMahon's <laughs> not going to realize that, but somebody Well, might. no. That's yeah, the problem. You, we're dealing with know. a we're dealing with a corporate uh, publicly traded company where those things get lost. There's no morality. A company doesn't have morality. You know what I mean? So yeah. Whoa. The snuffleupagus just arrived. Right. It sounded like you were putting on a ski jacket or something, Fro. But <laughs> who are you going oh. skiing? Oh, it's still snowing. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't want to talk about snow. Oh, but I <laughs> love too the early. snow. Uh, it's too early. Jealous of the snow. I want snow. I love snow. Okay, too. let's in small let's doses. switch places then. Let's okay. switch places then. Yeah, yes, you can come to the lovely sunny Hinkley. <laughs> no, no. I would rather switch with Luke, to be honest. Yeah, me too. It's like going to be yeah. 70 today and sunny, so. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh. I hate it. I hate it. Although then you would be in America where there's all the gun crime. Yeah, true. Hey, we're going to... <laughs> Sorry, did you see the link that I sent you guys? The town next to me, there was a big... Um, well, it was all over the news. It was on all of the national news channels, all the 24-hour news channels and things. A man went into a bowling alley with a sawn-off shotgun and took two people hostage. Apparently he went in, said shouted game over um and since all this has happened uh it's come out you know you get all the information afterwards it turns out he was a man in his 50s white white guy in his 50s whose ex-girlfriend worked there and he went in not realizing it was her day off to go and god knows what with an imitation sawn off shotgun i was wondering about that yeah yeah but it was big enough to get the real no, it looked real, and he was acting like it was real. But, yeah, even our complete mentalists can't seem to get real guns. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't a real gun, but it literally stopped everybody in the area in their tracks. The whole of Facebook, anybody that lived anywhere near, was talking about it. And, oh my God, it's like this whole, this country's getting really unsafe. And, blah, 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 blah. and it turns out it was an imitation one. Like but a still water gun to... or something, probably. Something, or like maybe a BB gun that's made to look like a shotgun. Sure. Airsoft or something like rifle. that, or a really, yeah, or a really good toy one. Yeah, yeah those to airsoft down. rifles, some of them look pretty real, but yeah. Yeah, and it hurts if you get hit with them. Especially if you're close. Right. But you getting... to take two hostages with them. An airsoft pellet and a bullet are, yeah, a lot different, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, uh... It doesn't sound. From what I read, it didn't seem, seem like he was. It was just because he was crazy. He obviously had motive uh, with the girl. Oh yeah. Everything, so yeah. I think he was trying to. I think she'd started seeing somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what movie trailer are we going to watch? Look. We are going to watch the movie trailer for. Whoa. We're going to watch the movie trailer for Tyler Perry's Boo Two: A Medea Halloween. It's almost like I've seen this before. I was just thinking that. How do they show it twice? <laughs> that is the most generic background uh, for for the 
opening credit graphics I've ever seen of a horror movie. Yeah. Looks like they got yeah. it out of some stock thing out of your editing software. It probably did. <laughs> yeah, showing the same joke twice, pretty much immediately after each other. Isn't that a good sign? Oh, wait, it's a bad <laughs> Yes, that's what all movie trailers do. Mm -hmm. Here's the funniest part of our movie, and here it is Twice. again. Yeah. Come on, y'all. This party, rockin'. We're gonna ride this out through the night. It's a bad teen horror movie all of a sudden. Yeah. Emphasis on the bad, and not the emphasis on the teen, because all those guys were like forty. That guy did look forty, and like Vin Diesel. Yeah. The lady in the middle's makeup is the worst. It's like they're trying to. It's like old lady makeup to make her look older, but it just looks like horrible plastic on her face. Yeah, it looks like Halloween costumes. Right, and everybody else is actually dressed up in Halloween costumes, so it's really confusing. <laughs> What is it with Tyler Perry? That guy is always trying to be that other black man. A witch. He's always trying to be Eddie Murphy. Yes, Eddie Murphy, yeah. Always. But he makes so much money doing it. He makes millions of dollars making these. Tyler Perry, yeah. Well, he doesn't really have to pay the actors, does he? Because it's, it's him. <laughs> Most of them, yes. Two thirds of the yeah. actors in his movies are him. Okay. Ugh. Please don't make oh. me ever watch that again. <laughs> I'm done with that now. That's what Fro's going to pick for his topic. Uh, um. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to watch that. Thank God so, Boo 2! Exclamation point, Medea Halloween. After venturing in, venturing to a haunted campground, Medea, Bam, and Hattie must run for their lives when monsters, goblins and the boogeyman appear. I didn't see, no, the, didn't boogeyman see the boogeyman in that trailer. Yeah. Yeah, no. Unless they're counting, like, the guy that isn't Jason in it. But when I think about it, I didn't see any goblins either. So, I guess there's that. Maybe it's, uh, it's the two follow-up, like, uh, like, uh, what was it? Uh, that uh, was that awful, awful film number two that everybody sees because it's so funny to watch. Goblins. Oh, troll! But it's not. Those, but they're not goblins. Yeah. But in troll, they call them goblins, even though they're not goblins. Because right. right. trolls and goblins right. are different things. But whatever. It's all confusing. <laughs> but Boo Two and Medea Halloween got three point one out of ten on IMDb and a whopping seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Looks like a fantastic movie. Uh, I saw my review from uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and it's from our favorite reviewer of all time, Epic Lady Sponge the Adventure. Yay! Yay! Remember when there was just one of these Halloween flicks featuring Medea from, you know, last year? Only this time. Tyler Perry manages to make one more comeback with a film so unbearable uh, you can't even 
imagine why they would still continue the series. Let's hope one day we'll all find a way to end what must come to an end. And she gave it one star. <laughs> yeah. Luke, I do like where... Epic Lady Sponge. And somehow the whole time you did your review, you were in a cave, and right when you finished your review, you came out of the cave, and you <laughs> you saw the sunlight, and now I'm going to do mine from Facebook. Um, uh, Facebook page was actually pretty active, a little more active than a standard one, but nothing special. A lot of people linking. Um, I got one, I got a bunch of them, but I got one from Tanya Samuel Thompson. It's kind of positive, but also negative. It wasn't, uh, she says, it wasn't as funny as how a Medea movie normally is. So she likes Medea movies. Let's put that into perspective. Right. <laughs> it's like they did over the curse words to made, make it PG-13, and it was obvious. The film itself was blurry and out of focus. When I went to complain, uh, obviously at the movie theater, they told me, They've been getting complaints all night, and they've checked everything and came to the conclusion. Came to the conclusion, that's how they received the film. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! So yeah, she's somebody who even likes Medea movies and was not happy with her time at the movie theater. So what does that say, really? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have two, but they're both quite short. Both from Rotten Tomatoes. Got Monica W, who gave it half a star, and said, More Tyler Perry embarrassing nonsense designed for the stupid. Pure garbage. Boo indeed. <laughs> Boo and, too. Yeah. Boo too, and yeah. Gabriel C gave it half a star and just says, What planet does Tyler Perry live in where jokes about statutory rape are considered funny? Oh. Huh. So okay. apparently there's plenty of those kind of jokes in it. There was a lot of so people not just on the Facebook. Rubbish, offensive too. A lot of people on the Facebook complaining of reverse racism as well. Uh, to them talking about, uh, there was like a white guy that came in and they were all afraid of the white guy or something. So yeah, there, there's yeah. a lot of complaints about this, but I think generally it's just a bad movie. So that, why complain about those little things when the as a whole it's terrible? So. <laughs> Yes, it doesn't look any good at all. Are you going to watch this? Who? Any of you? Any of no, you? No, no. <laughs> Hell no. I don't Have watch movies anyway, let alone this. I've seen one Medea movie in my whole life, like, probably s seven or eight years ago, and it was because I was working in a movie theater, so, yeah. So you kind of had to. Right. And I'm yeah. proud to say I've not seen any of them, and I do not wish to. Hey, t uh, do you know, uh, Tilly, how many points you got from the TLC matches? No, but lots of them got changed, so I don't quite know. I can't even remember what I guessed. Right, we only scratched, like, one match. But we already did TLC, remember, Fro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, uh, she, she got one point, wasn't it? <laughs> hey! I think, it was uh... a, I think you got two. But yeah, it was something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Because she got the pre-show match as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> the one that doesn't count. <laughs> yes. Uh, do you want to do shoes uh, your own adventure before no. my, my turn? No? Are you sure? Okay. Uh, did I'm you come up with that. anything for uh, your topic? No, I didn't. Okay. Sorry. 
I have had uh, too much to, today to think about it. As long as it's not Boo 2 and my dear Halloween. Anything but that. Uh, Mindhunter episode 1. Uh, it's the last episode that I will review of Mindhunter. Not because it's a bad show to review, but because it's impossible to take notes on. Uh, I I think it's been the hardest thing I have ever, ever done for the podcast. And I'm not take- kidding. It's not I think I need to like... I think you just need to go through Luke the note-taking on TV show school because... I saw this and went, wow, this is going to be like the easiest show ever to take notes on. <laughs> if you want to do show too, I don't mind. Like I said, I but I can't do it anymore. I, I try it. But it's a good show. Let's begin talking about it. And uh, it's uh, we begin in Bedrock, Pennsylvania. M.R. Midler uh, is holding hostage. And uh, Mr. Holden from the... Mr. Holden Ford from the FBI comes to uh, the hostage situation, and he's uh, trying to talk the man uh, down from his hostage taking. And uh, they talk uh, a lot about uh, uh, why he attacked, uh, why and what he wants. And uh, he, uh, Mr. Holden, uh, wants uh, to move. Uh, the press uh, back a little for, or forward because they can uh, the hostage taker can see uh, the press standing there and also you can see that people like are holding the guns towards him and uh, then uh, the hostage taker gets naked <laughs> what do you think what do you, what were you thinking when he got naked i was like whoa He's high on acid or something. Yeah, I found it, was, it bizarre. It was clear he was... There, The whole point of it was they were trying to get across that this guy's not mentally all there. Like, it, yeah. it wasn't just a guy who was mad at his wife, which you could have assumed up till then, that maybe this guy was just, you know, uh, in a jilted relationship of some type. But it's clear he's not mentally competent at, once he takes his clothes off. So that's what they're trying mm-hmm. to get across as, at, at, from, what I, from a storyline perspective, yeah. Right. And uh, then the wife comes, but uh, Holden doesn't want her out of the car. Wife says that uh, he's been sick and has not taken his medication. Did you get uh, what kind of medication he was going on? Some kind of anti-psychotic or something. They didn't say... Did they say no, what they it was? Say... I don't I'm think it's sure really important to the story. So. No, it's just that he, uh. he's been thinking that he is invisible. And there's been yeah. other people that... Nobody else can see, but he can, and they can see him. So right. basically, oh. it sounds like he's paranoid schizophrenic with delusions. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, schizophrenia, for yeah. sure. So Holden sends the wife away, and Holden lies and gets the hostage man to talk to him. Then he suddenly, out of the blue, like shoots himself. Intro with a recording device and the dead body. That was an interesting uh, intro, wouldn't you say? I liked it. I thought yeah. I, yeah, I, liked it. I was still a bit shocked after him blowing his head off. Right. I uh, paid that much attention to the intro, but it was... I, I thought the bits of it, remember the recording, recording bits and stuff. I thought the yeah. head blowing off 
the special effect was not great. <laughs> looked like if you watched really watched it, and when his head exploded, it looked kind of silly, like a balloon yeah. full of shaving cream blew up. Um, <laughs> but you watch things on an iPad Mini, and everything right. looks brilliant because you can't sure. see anything; so it's all too small. <laughs> I well, it's so fast that the one thing is uh, when it happened, I looked away, and then I came back and rewatched it, so I was paying more attention. Uh, uh. I think I was cooking food or something at the time. Uh, but when you look at that special effect, it's not great. I would even put it on par with that whale from the last ep- the last episode we did, Fro. Like, that special oh. effect. <laughs> but the, the intro bit, it seems like this is kind of a standard intro bit for shows rec- uh, in the last couple years. Just think about uh, Westworld and that intro and then this intro. They kind of are, like, super similar in a way. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're done by the same intro guy. Yeah, maybe. I think it's just but a trend David in Finch. TV. Yeah. But what uh, surprised me is that David Fincher uh, uh, was directing this episode, and I love David Fincher. Fredericksburg, Virginia. Holden comes to the his apartment, uh, drinks uh, milk of the container, cleans his shirt. Then uh, Quantico, Virginia, gets coffee, talks to the FBI director. I ask, question mark, question mark. I wasn't sure if it was the FBI director. Is it the FBI director he's talking to here? I have, I have no, no idea. idea. Yeah. I don't uh, know who, which gets... scene we're in, really. They went the... With the guy that's telling him he's got to go to Quantico, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it when he gets to yeah. Quantico? That's when no, I thought we were at he... Quantico. No, he gets to told, told that he's going to teach, and he doesn't like that at all. <laughs> The man that he was talking to then gets uh, to gets to tell that he's teaching people. Right. Uh, he's teaching FBI people. Uh, then uh, the time is uh, over, and he sees someone uh, other teaching uh, in another room. And uh, Holden follows this Peter Raff Raffman out uh, to his car and talks about his lecture and they take a beer and talks more about what they do and then Peter leaves. Uh, Holden tries to check up this girl at the bar or is it the girl that is trying to check out him? I wasn't quite sure. It looked like she was mo- most interested in him and not the other way. She thinks... Uh, uh, I think he, it, yeah. that's just his style of flirting because even at the end of them flirting it's clear he's like so are we getting together or what yeah, yeah. he's just he's really bad at it but uh, she thinks uh, she looks like a narc <laughs> uh, and they talk about Brooklyn and she, she says the, she's there uh, to see a band uh, then he buys her a drink and suddenly they are at this concert and uh, they are talking about diversity, and uh, it they talk over my head. Uh, it's a cool band, I put that. <laughs> See, I thought oh, it was sure we not a real band. Yeah, uh, it was a cool band, though. Yeah. Yeah, but they could have got a real uh, band in to come and be the band. If you know, I what think I mean. they were supposed. Yeah. To, they were just. They were getting a band that looked time period esque. They were definitely trying yeah. for that, like, punk, uh, what, I think, like, 
early seventies punk band is what it looked like to me. But mm-hmm. yeah, see, I hadn't, I, I hadn't realized that this was set in the past yet. They don't. <laughs> yeah, when they sh- they have the titles that say where they are, like when they say that you're in Virginia at Quantico or whatever, they never put the date. They just yeah, put, they don't uh, say when you are, just where you are, and it didn't. Yeah. the old cars didn't twig to me until a few scenes later. Right. Okay. Then, then they dance, and she tells her uh, her name is Debbie, and she convinces him that uh, she can drive, even though she's been drinking a lot of things. Home at her place, uh, she smokes weed, and there's a party really, really near, because we can hear it. And uh, he smokes weed and coughs. Then we are suddenly in the cinema. And this is like, here, here's here's my problem with this TV show. I, I will talk about it a little later, but there's a lot of shifting around, so suddenly you are somewhere else without yeah. like going there in storyline, and that's, that's why I hate taking notes on this show. But uh, we see them together. Good afternoon. And uh, they fuck. Then we go back to the FBI where they're analyzing a crime scene, talking to the boss about uh, going back to school and uh, learn about psychology because that's needful. Uh, they need, uh, they sp- speak a lot about Elvis, <laughs> and Holden wants to update the FBI. And we go. To Charlottesville, Virginia, Hare Krishna welcomes him to school. I found that kind of uh, fur- uh, funny. And here I put it down. 30-minute mark, and I write that because I'm a little bit bored and I hope the show gets better, but also a little easier to take notes on. It's not that it's a bad show, and it's not like that I'm super bored, but it's a kind of... Uh, hard for me to take notes on this I think I write down that I think it's hard to take notes so that's how hard I found it taking notes so on hard that it's been noted mm-hmm. <laughs> literally I just found literally. this show like at least this episode very little happens so it, to me the way I do notes I I do wh- where they are I talk about what happened in that scene and then I go to the where the next s- setting So that's how I do notes. So so for me, this was like uh, every scene, barely anything happened. There would be one sentence. I'd be like super fast, at least in this episode, doing notes. But I think it's the style of how we do notes is different. So psychology one on one. Holden goes uh, to his teacher. They talk about Holden. Uh, He asks his name. His name is Leo. Holden presents uh, himself, but Leo knows who he is because. Uh, Holden looks like a, a narc, like we talked about before. Holden wants to talk to Leo, but Leo leaves, and uh, he says that uh, uh, it's the time of days. Then I say, Holden and his girlfriend? Question mark. Holden shows the class uh, some movie clip. Uh, was this from a movie him and his girlfriend watched? And yes, it was. Mm-hmm. We, we talked. Well, we get to to learn that a little later. Uh, talks uh, about uh, uh, patching and uh, uh, and how it's uh, going to be scared and things like that. And they have a role play. 
and this bus comes to see him and this is super weird and super awkward because it's kind of racist and uh, there's also uh, an attitude in the FBI where they say firearms are the best thing in the world for the students because they want they want to have their fire firearms right yeah, I think that's the the best way to deal with things rather shoot yes. rather than yeah. talk Shoot first and ask questions later. Right, and it's clear they, like, automatically think that African-American people are criminals because the one guy is yep. role-playing as the criminal and he automatically acts African-American. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm Afro-American, he says. So Holden gets some food and the man comes and introduces himself as Bill Tench. Uh, and he's beha- uh, 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 a teacher of behavior science. And he gets offered uh, smoke, but he doesn't smoke. They talk about uh, how he was going back to college, and they talk about him wanting to become a better instructor. And this new guy wants Holden to join him in police apartments uh, like uh, around the go- world. Sex scene. Then they well, around the about, country, uh, I think is what they said. Yes, yes. Then we have a sex scene. They talk about uh, faking orgasms. Oh, they are girlfriend and boyfriend. And they talk about why uh, she is together with them. And she says a lot of nice things about him. Then we get the car scene, Fearfield, Iowa. Um, they are met by uh, the press. And now they are going to teach the policeman how to catch a criminal or more about the criminal mind. They talk a lot about reasoning why criminals do what they do and why they behave the way they do. Uh, and uh, they have to like start thinking in other ways, the, the instructors say. And uh, another place, I think, they laugh of him now night. And they talk about like humans, what they have together. Then another day, Charles Manson talk. They talk about what Manson made man, how Manson made Manson family. And Holden says that he, they have to look into Manson's background instead of just looking at the crimes they did. Yeah, rather than just saying he's evil, so he's evil. It's, well, what what got him to the point where he did this? Right. Uh, the birth of modern investigation. Yeah. Then the cafeteria, Frank McDraw comes to the table talking about the case. And I have absolutely no clue what's going on here. And I feel so lost here. Because... Frank is talking about uh, this case, and I didn't understand what this had to do with the story. That's why the reporters were there when they showed up uh, into town. It's because the reporter, in this town there was a murder, and the reporters are covering the murder, and they somehow knew that these FBI agents were showing up, and they, the reporters assumed that the FBI agents were there for to cover this murder, but really the FBI agents are only there to teach the police uh, how to investigate murders. So... That's right. okay. So in this town, there was a murder. That's what this is about, Fro. Is that what confused you? Okay. 
Yes, thank you. Okay. And they, they talk a lot about this case, and there's a lot of uh, notes to take on here, but uh, most is about how awful the crime scene is. I will say an example. Broomstick is in someone's ass is one of the things they talk about. Yes. Two and people. little boys involved yeah. too. Yes. So uh, I'm glad that they didn't show us too much here. They yeah. really did uh, show most of it, though. In the pictures, yeah. I think it's yeah. after this scene, they really do show most of it, but yeah. Yeah. But um, then a brew, uh, yes. Uh, Broomstick in someone's ass, yes. Uh, it's one of the things they talk about. Then they leave in the car, and now they talk about what they do, and they argue, and we go to black screen. Oh, I guess the most important th thing in this last scene was they argue about um, the fact that the one guy thinks that this killer uh, was motivated by sexual urges, and the other guy thinks that this killer, uh, there was some other reason that can't be explained right now that they don't know about uh, that causes killer to kill these people and do the broomstick thing. That's what the argument was about. So that's how it... So the ending... Uh, is are these two guys going to be able to get along to solve this murder? That's what uh, I think we're going from here. So, yeah. But I, I just I, which I, you wouldn't I, have I, got I, that if you didn't realize that there was a murder in this town. So I can see how that no, would be confusing uh, ending for I, you. I, from I, right. I was so confused by this ending. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Did you watch this twice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Okay. But I, I have to say it, I watched it on the day I got sick. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe Why? once you get out of the hospital and you're back home feeling a lot better, go watch it again maybe? I don't uh, Who knows? But I, I, I found it so troubling to take notes on. I think that was probably your headspace, because like I was saying, this show would be super easy to take notes on if you were in the right headspace yeah. and just... Uh, uh, feeling it under and you understood what was going on in the show. That and you know, if you don't understand what's going on in the show, that automatically is going to make taking notes harder. So. But yeah, Jeremy, I I will try one more episode. I will try one more episode. We always give it two episodes. So. I mean, this is a good it's show. Not boring. This show is it's not boring. It's good, but. It's not I think what it's... I expected. Oh really? Yeah, me neither. But then I didn't read any write-up or anything, but from the name Mindhunter, yeah. considering we're coming from Ghost Wars to Mindhunter. This it's first episode different... felt a lot of setup. Like, this is yeah. all setup, and I think the next few episodes, it's going to be a lot more of a crime investigation type show, where this was this first episode was mostly just establishing characters and letting us know where we're... Um, who these people are, that he has a girlfriend, that this is his partner and this is what they do for a living and they got put in this little town and there's this murder that happened in this little town and they they the one guy wants them to help but they don't know how to help because they um, this murder is so strange and then from here we're going to try to solve that murder. That's really the breakdown of this episode in the yeah. fastest way possible. So, And yeah. potentially throughout the series they'll change the way that the FBI works because at the minute it's very sort of militant it sounds well, since the 70s FBI yeah. it's before they started looking into the psychology of 
the mass murderer or the the body mutilator or whatever. Whereas now there's right. whole sections on people. That well, they just... had they just had a different mentality of how how the uh, crazy mind worked. They always thought there was uh, cause and effect, which yeah. that isn't always true with somebody who is completely off the wall, especially like a schizophrenic. So they're not necessarily going to be a rhyme or reason for what they do, and that's something they this show is definitely delving into. But it's also talk it. Um, it, it, not as prevalent in it, but it talks a lot, uh, or it points out racism in the 70s a lot, I guess, so. Yeah. Like I said, it's not it's not a bad show. I, I just found it a little boring and a little confusing. I think now that might have been your mental crazy. state, but that's... Oh, yeah, definitely. What do you think, Tilly? I actually really enjoyed it, but I quite enjoyed documentaries about things like the FBI... And the way that they used to work, the way that they do work, like when they started having women. So I think it was like the making of um, Silence of the Lambs, the whole sort of story of Clarice and how she goes in. There was a documentary about that and about the woman that they sort of went to to ask her questions because she was one of the first women right. in the FBI. And it seems mm -hmm. like it's got that kind of feel to it of, you know, how things changed from what they were to how they are now. Well, I mean, this is just the new style of TV, where the new style of TV is 8 to 10, or 8 to 12 weeks of TV, uh, where they, it's not necessarily like a TV show where, uh, like an 18 episode, 30 minute show, nowadays it's more, like I said, like 10 episodes, and it's built like a movie that's cut mm -hmm. into pieces, as opposed to a TV show, which is put together with cliffhangers at the end of each episode and things like that. TV is just created differently nowadays. So you're going to have those similarities between shows where older shows, they're not going to be like that because we didn't have binge watching on Netflix and things like that, like we do nowadays. So, but I gave this episode a seven out of 10. That's still pretty good. Yeah. I would give you it are? a solid eight. Um, yeah. but I see the potential because, like I said earlier, this is all build-up. And this is all background yeah. to get us into the rest of the episode, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a seven as well. Yeah. I think it could go one of two ways. I hope it goes <laughs> the entertaining way and not the, oh my god, I can't be doing with this kind of way. Well, to... Uh, to sum up Ghost Wars this uh, week, I'm going to do it super quick. Have a, a, either of you seen the new episode of Ghost Wars? No, why would you even watch that? <laughs> <laughs> because we've covered it. Because that. Uh, no, we found out uh, it wasn't an earth earthquake, but now it got uh, to lost territory, and it was a machine that created the earthquake uh, look. Uh, from the... somebody fracking. Yeah. Uh, sure. Okay. See, fracking makes the ghosts go to war. <laughs> Don't do fracking. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Nintendo Adventure Books for uh, featuring uh, the Mario Brothers. And it's, of course, a monster mix-up. And it looks like uh, two, like, uh, uh, mixing... What do you call them? Yeah, it's a mixer, right? It's like an, an electric mixer or electric yeah. whisk. 
Yeah, electric for cake, cake batter. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I used to you, you'd get them from your mom when they were covered in chocolate. That was always good. Yep. <laughs> oh, I guess oh, we should yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. this, huh? Uh, right. This book is kind of like a choose your own adventure, except not, because oh. uh, these books are kind of designed to be like a video game in a way. So, mm-hmm. um, it's more like challenge your own adventure. Sure. I guess the other thing, like, as we get along, you can get points. And also, if you choose to go the right direction in these books, you can get items like you can get flower power and you can get hammer power and things like that in the book. So that could be fun. But yeah, like Fro said, based on Mario. So let's do it. Cool beans. Hurry, hurry. Step right up to the Cooper and Kaylee Circus. The Barker's voice bellows over cheerful music. Mario twirls the ends of his black moustache as he looks at the weird creatures in the sideshow so- side tents. It's nice to see all the monsters behind bars for a change, he says. Uh, when they are not, they are usually chasing us. Ever since they found the pipe that leads from their Brooklyn plumbing shop to the magical Mushroom Kingdom, Mario and his younger brother Luigi have come up against more strange creatures than they could count. The Mushroom Kingdom is full of them, from its own fungoid citizens to the evil turtle hordes who are constantly trying to take over the kingdom. The Super Mario Brothers are often called upon to save the day. This day, though, everything is quiet. Mario and Luigi look forward to a fun visit. I'm hungry. Luigi mumbles through a mouthful of popcorn. Let's get some cotton candy. (laughs) All you care about is your stomach. Mario tells his tall, skinny brother. That's not true. Luigi is very offended. I also like the tightrope walkers and the trapeze act. What is that? He's offended and he just says that randomly? Yeah. <laughs> I like the clowns. The ruler of the Mushroom Kingdom pipes up. His plump little hands comb popcorn crumbs out of his beard. Oh, that wasn't Mario. They, okay. Oh, they are funny. Humph, says his pretty little daughter, Princess Toadstool. I don't see what's so funny about clowns. They're always throwing pies in people's faces. What a mess. She adjusts the little golden crown on her hair. I think we should have a flower show instead. But dear, this is important science exhibit. The king sounds as if he's mem- memorized his speech. The circus has all kinds of strange animals, like a mix between a chain chomp and a patooey. Science schmience. The princess wrinkles her dainty nose. Who wants to look at more monsters? Is this a cloning story? (laughs) I have an idea, says Little Toad, the royal mushroom entertainer. Let's go to the tent over there and have a souvenir picture taken. I'm the best. (laughs) A sign outside the tent says, snapshots of you with the rich and famous. Inside, Mario sees life-size cardboard cutouts of the king, the princess, and even himself. The friends line up in front of the camera, so huge, the photographer behind is hidden. Oh, the photographer is hidden behind it. Before they can even pose, he shouts, Okay, now smile! A blinding flash goes off. 
Mario blinks his eyes, trying to make the green and red stars go away. Hey! He shouts when his vision finally clears. Something's different! Now we have to solve the puzzle to find out what Mario means. Here's the fo- Here's what the photograph... Can't talk now. Here's what the photographer's tent looked like before and after the flash. How puzzling. Some of the things in picture one are missing in picture two. Help Mario figure out how many objects are missing. And now we have have two pictures. Yeah, we have to post this picture up on our Facebook. Do you mind doing that, Luke? I could do it, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, we're going to solve it right here anyways, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really, really easy. Well, I've disappeared. The princess has disappeared completely. Clearly. So she's been kidnapped by somebody. Well, I guess we should point out what the first... The first picture is Princess uh, Toadstool, Mario, Luigi. I guess this is the king, and then Toad. And Toad looks kind of evil in this picture for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like he's missing some teeth. And well, Luigi has his bag of tools, and Mario has his pl- plunger. So, yeah. Yeah. So first then underneath it... <laughs> Uh, the princess has uh, gone. Uh, Mario's Luigi missing his Mario's missing his mustache. Yep. Yes. Luigi's and missing then... a button. Yep. Yes. That's three. And also, and... And, and also the writing on the tool, tool bag. Thing. Yeah. Yep. And Toad's lost his mouth, and the king's lost his crown. Yep. Yes. And that's six. So, our <laughs> options were, if you think there are four things missing, turn to page 84. If you think there are five things missing, turn to page 108. If you think there are six things missing, turn to page 116. And we didn't get six things missing, don't we? We do. We yeah, all count and we can all see. <laughs> <laughs> so that will we ha- see what happens next week. Ooh. And how many right. points we get, or if we get anything cool. Yeah, I don't really know how that works, but we'll see what happens with that whole point-getting system that this book has. So, it's exciting. It is. It is exciting because it's so different from from what we usually do. Oh yeah, and it's fun to do the voices. <laughs> yeah, it this is, is brilliant. The voices. I didn't know you guys would be so good at doing these voices. I feel a bit like <laughs> I should play some Mario hey, and get my. Hey, talking about I decided what we're going to do for my for my choice. Okay. Because you two found out I'm really good at imitating voices. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, when we did the pay-per-view, right. <laughs> yeah. And I was mildly squiffy. Uh, did you write it down? Didn't you write it down? Who are we talking to, Fro? <laughs> You, I'm asking you on, it's on the list. Uh, it was on the list. It was on the list, wasn't it? Well, whatever. Yeah, we're, we know what we're yeah. talking about, so it doesn't matter. Yes. Really. Yeah. Yes. So I'm I'm going to be from different countries, and Luke and Tilly is going to guess where I am from, because I yes. do that. Fro is going to do different accents. He's going to speak. I guess we'll pick like a sentence or something for you to say. And then Fro will yep. do an accent from somewhere in the world. And then me and Tilly <laughs> will try to guess what part, of, what country the accent is from. Oh, God, and this also is going to be brilliant. Yes. And also which state in America and things like that. Because 
Yeah, I or, yeah, course. like, maybe region of the country. Yeah, that's going to be a little hard. It's like, England, that's going to be a little difficult if you do, like, a different different British accents, because they could sound similar. Yeah. That, uh, it's going to be a little difficult, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yep. So we, we call it froze... Uh, what do you froze, call it? Froze foreign foray. Ah, oh, that's a good... That is good. I, I like that. I'll yeah. write that down. Write that down so we remember. Yeah. <laughs> so that is going to happen one one week or the other. But next week, what we will talk about next week, look. Next week we're going to have news of the week, of course. Uh, Mindhunter episode two. Uh, it, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're going to do another digital review of something called All I See Is You. Which I'll look up while I'm talking about our next, our main topic for next week, which is going to be Visarion. Is that how you pronounce it, from? Yeah, Visarion. Yeah. And why don't you tell us what that is a little bit? Uh, Visarion uh, lives in uh, a little place in uh, Russia and thinks he's the reincarnation of Jesus Christ himself, and they really look alike as well. And I guess all you, all I see is you. All I see is you is a thriller drama, uh, and it looks like it came out already once and is being re-released. So, hmm. Mm. 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 And two, two words about your um, party last last week. Tell the listeners. Oh, yes. Um, so what did you guys think the baby was? Well, what did you guys think the baby was? What were your we both uh, said predictions? Girl. <laughs> yeah, we both, we both said girl. Well, you were both 100% wrong. It's a little boy. We had blue balloons coming out of the box. If people are friends yep. with me on Facebook, the video should still be up on my Facebook page because we filmed it because lots of people were ill and couldn't turn up. Including Aww. my nieces, which was gutting, because it was mostly for them and my parents, really. But Aww. both of my nieces were poorly. But they watched it live on Facebook, so they were still happy. Aww. Still got to find out everything. But yes, little boy. And so we're, we're having a short list of names, but the short list has only got one name on it so far. Because we're rubbish at agreeing with, about anything. <laughs> yeah, but, but listen to me. It's really, really simple. It's Frode Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> it's hyphenated as well, yeah. Well, yeah, it'll definitely be the middle names are definitely Morgan Bryan because that's my dad and Dick's dad. And yeah, first name Fro Fro Lucas Morgan Bryan. Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, do you have anything you want to plug, Tilly Billy? Um, well, I'd very much like to thank the staff at the Woolly which is the pub that we had the party at, everybody that came, and also the staff at Tummy to Mummy, who did my ultrasound for me, because we did it privately rather than waiting for the NHS one. Mm. So thank you to both of them. Feel free to, if anybody's in the area and wants to have a party or a shindig or whatever, go to the Woolly. And if you want to see inside what your baby is, go to Tummy to Mummy. Tummy to Mummy. That's a cool name. It is. They do everything there. It's brilliant. Can I ask how expensive it was? It was £60. Oh, and 
we didn't know this before we went in. For my next one I go to there, I'm going to make the most of it. You can take as many people as you want in. So you can have your whole family there if they all want to be there. Um, mm. They do normal ultrasounds and 3D, 4D ones and HD. I think it's HD live or something, which is even more defined than a 3D, 4D scan. Cool. And they're very, very lovely. And they, they care. Like She was really excited. Oh. Oh. She could see that we were excited. She was like, oh, it's definitely a little boy. Oh, he's well endowed. And it was very sort of just smiley and lovely. What you want when you go for a, an ultrasound. Mm. Do you have anything you want to plug, Luke? I think I'm good this week. Check out that wrestling show with uh, a guy called uh, that, uh, Wrestling Man and Frode. I also heard about him. That's me, by the way. Uh, okay, uh, we will see you hopefully not as echoing as this week. Next week. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye.